Hello everybody, it's Clay again, and uh, today I just wanted to share something that has been really been put on my heart recently um, from reading my reading of scripture. Um, so, uh, so you all know, I've been reading through the Old Testament with Matthew and Mia, and I I, I'm currently in First Chronicles. Um, which means that I just have finished First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, and a lot of those stories are about David, and I have always, I've always, I've always been intrigued by David, um, because I always heard growing up that David was a man after God's own heart, and. When I heard that, I mean, I it states that in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 14, and in Acts chapter 13, verse 22, both state that David was a man after God's own heart. But when I, when I grew up, that didn't really make sense to me, because the only stories that I knew about David were David and Goliath and David and Bathsheba. And David and Goliath, I could see how that's like he's a man after God's own heart I mean, a little bit. I mean, he conquered over the enemy pretty, you know, soundly. And that I thought that was a cool thing. But David and Bathsheba didn't really reflect his heart um, to be one that was after God's own heart. Like, that didn't make a lot of sense. So... It was really, it's been really interesting to reread these these stories about David, and and I think one of the things that I've been able to to capture and understand better is that what makes David a man after God's own heart. I would say I think that comes from like in into effect, and we see this a lot in. First Samuel, um, and it starts in verse starts in chapter nineteen, uh, where Saul, I mean David's in uh, Saul's chambers, and this evil spirit is tormenting him, and Saul tries to pin him against a wall with a spear to kill him, and David evades it and flees for his life and does not come back and escapes the land. And I think that that was that was part that was leading up to it. That's not really why he's a man after God's own heart, but it goes on into First Samuel twenty three, where Saul continues to pursue David um, to kill him, and he's in the wilderness, and and David is like hiding in caves and trying to get away from Saul so that he doesn't kill him obviously but they he still pursued him and tried to kill him um but lucky for David um there was some problems back home so Saul had to go back but back then we come back into 1 Samuel 24 and in 1 Samuel 24 Saul is again pursuing David to kill him 
And it says in verse 1 in 1 Samuel 24, um, that after Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told David is in the desert of En Gedi. So Saul took 3,000 able young men from all Israel and set out to look for David and his men near the crags of the wild goats. He came to the sheep pens along the way. A cave was there. And Saul went in to relieve himself. And David and his men were far back in the cave. And the men said, This is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I'll give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. And then David crept up unnoticed and cut off the corner of Saul's robe. Afterward, David was conscious stricken for having cut off the corner of his robe. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lay my hand on him. For he is the Lord, the anointed of the Lord. With these words, David sharply rebuked his men and did not allow them to attack Saul. And Saul left the cave and went on his way. And David later in this story brings up that corner that he cut off the robe to show Saul that, like, I could have taken your life, but I didn't. Like, why are you pursuing me? Why are you trying to kill me? I am your servant. I'm not against you. And Saul is heartbroken, sad. He says, I'll never do this again. Until about two more chapters down the road. And again, David is running from for his life from Saul. And he gets in a similar situation where in, chap, in, in verse 8, it says, Abishai said to David, Today God has delivered your enemy into your hands. Now let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of the spear, and I won't strike tw him twice. But David said to Abishai, Don't destroy him. Who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? As surely as the Lord lives, he said, The Lord himself will strike him, or his time will come and he will die, or he will go into battle and perish. But the Lord forbid that I should lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. Now get the spear and the water jug that are near his head and let's go. So David took the spear and the water jug near Saul's head and they left. No one saw or knew about it, nor did anyone wake up. They were all sleeping because the Lord had put them into a deep sleep. This story again continues on to David coming out and saying, Yo, Saul, this is the spear and the water jug that was by your head when you went to sleep. I could have killed you in the night. Like, why are you coming to kill me? Why have you done, why are you against me? And, it, and Saul again says, I'm so sorry. Like, I, I don't know what's come over me. And so, you know, may you be blessed and, you will do great things and you will triumph. And then Saul went on his way home. Um, but I just, I think this all leads up to where I think 
David shows that he's a man after God's own heart in, in, chap, in 2 Samuel chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. Um, when they heard, now this isn't the verses, but in, in the end of um, 1 Samuel, Saul dies. Saul and his sons die. Um, and in 2 Samuel, in chapter 1, it picks off with the messenger coming to David telling him that Saul's dead. And so this is this is David's response to Saul's death. In verse 11 for chapter 1. Then David and all the men with him took hold of their clothes and tore them. They mourned and wept and fasted till evening for Saul and his son Jonathan. And for the army of the Lord, for the nation of Israel, because they had fallen by the sword. And he says a lament to Saul too. And it states this in chapter in verse 19. Ch chapter 1, verse 19. A gazelle lies slain on your heights, Israel. How might how the mighty have fallen. Tell it not in Gath, proclaim it not on the streets of Ashkelon lest the daughters of the Philistines be glad, lest the daughters of the uncircumcised rejoice. Mountains of Gilboa, may you, neither, may you have neither dew nor rain, may no showers fall on your terraced fields, for there the shield of the mighty was despised, the shield of Saul no longer rubbed with oil. From the blood of the slain, from the flesh of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan did not turn back. The sword of Saul did not return unsatisfied. Saul and Jonathan in life, they were loved and admired, and in death they were not parted. They were swifter than eagles, they were stronger than lions. Daughters of Israel, weep for Saul, who clothed you in scarlet and finery who adorned your garments with gold ornaments of gold how the mighty have fallen in battle jonathan lies slain on your heights and this scripture this passage is just about as mind-boggling to me as job's response to after everything's been taken from him like after having almost been killed by this man four times like you have this kind of feelings towards Saul that you would actually mourn his death and not be like relieved like this does not make sense from a worldly perspective this is something that is is, is strange to me but I also see this character in, in the character of God that like even though those who go against him, like even those that hurt him, are out to try to go like to not, not to kill him, to like despise him, to go against him, to hurt him. God loves them, and God cherishes them, and God respects their choices, and God shows them mercy and grace 
and is so broken when they decide not to come to him. I think that's a big reason why David has, it is said that David has a, is a man after God's own heart. Because it breaks David's heart to see those that the Lord has chosen to be his decide to go against it. To decide to go against God and his plans and his and his ways, even if they even if they have disobeyed, even if they have made his life miserable, David still sees them, honors them in a way that doesn't make sense to a lot of people. And I want to look more like David in my life, in that way. I want to honor people, and I want to show mercy where if other people did, it, it would just look different, and they would be shocked um, because of the love and mercy and grace and honor that I show them. Even though they have chosen, maybe maybe have chosen to go against God, chosen that they don't want God to be a part of their life, that I still love them and honor them and mourn so deeply at their loss and at our loss for them. That's what I got for you today. I hope it was good. And I uh, hope you enjoyed it, and I will talk to you later. Bye.